Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. A website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning, we are resuming our study in the book of Job and wrestling with that difficult question, why do the godly suffer? Today, we're looking at chapter 20 and 21. Uh, They're fairly short today, so it shouldn't be a real long podcast. Chapter 20 is Zophar's second discourse, and then chapter 21 is Job's sixth answer. So Job's sixth response. Zophar's discourse uh, really is like a proverb. Um, I mean, if we were just reading it and we didn't understand the context... Uh, that he's actually directing it at Job, we'd say this is great biblical wisdom. And really, a lot of that's been true throughout this study. A lot of the things that Job's friends are saying are generally a biblical truth. Uh, It's just misguided in its direction. So we've got Zophar's discourse, uh, which sounds a lot like a proverb. It's 29 verses. And then you got Job's answer. Um, well, we won't talk about it yet. Let's just look at Zophar's second discourse. 29 verses. Here's what he's saying to Job. Then answered Zophar, the Naamathite, and said, Therefore do my thoughts cause me to answer, and for this I make haste. I have heard the check of my reproach, and the spirit of my understanding causes me to answer. Knowest not this of old, since man was placed on the earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite but for a moment. So I want to stop there because that's a good general biblical truth, and it's also kind of encouraging, right? It's not encouraging to Job because so far as really lumping Job into that. But he says, don't you know this of old? Like it's been this way since the beginning of time is what he's saying. That the triumphing of the wicked is short and the joy of the hypocrite is for but a moment. And I sure hope that we find that wisdom to be true in our day as we see the wicked who grow old in their wickedness. I'd love to see in our day that their their triumphing come to an end, right? I'd love to see their wickedness and their plans just fall apart. I'd love to see them fall into their own snares and into their own traps and into their own pits, as the Proverbs say. Psalm 37, 35-36 says this, I have seen the wicked in great power, and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. This is what the wicked and the hypocrite don't understand. Their time is short, especially if we're contrasting it with all of eternity. Psalm 73, 18-20 says, Surely thou didst set them in a slippery place. Thou cast them down into destruction. How they were brought into desolation as in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors. 
As a dream when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. So it's like the wicked are prospering and, and then just in a moment, just in a moment, their plans, their prosperity, all of it's brought to desolation and replaced with terror. And so, little sidestep there, but that's a general truth that's coming out of so far here, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite is for a moment. However, we are going to not really contradict that, but it's going to sound like a contradiction, because the scriptures also teach that sometimes the good die young and the old live long. Or, I mean, then the wicked live long, right? We'll get to that in a minute. Let's continue on. So far here, though, verse six, though his excellency mount up to the heavens and his head reach into the clouds. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the hypocrite and the wicked. Yet he shall perish forever like his own dung. They which have seen him shall say, where is he? He shall fly away as a dream and shall not be found. Yea, he shall be chased away as a vision of the night. The eye also which saw him shall see him no more, neither shall his place any more behold him. His children shall seek to please the poor, and his hands shall restore their goods. His bones are full of the sins of his youth, which shall lie down with him in the dust. Though wickedness be sweet in his mouth, though he hide it under his tongue, though he spare it and forsake it not, but keep it shall within his mouth. Yet his meat and his bowels is turned. It is the gall of asp within him. He has swallowed down riches, and he shall vomit them up again. God shall cast them out of his belly. He shall suck the poison of asp. The viper's tongue shall slay him. He shall not see the rivers, the floods, the brooks of honey and butter. That which he laboreth for shall he restore, and he shall not swallow it down according to his substance. Shall the restitution be, and he shall not rejoice therein. Because he has oppressed and hath forsaken the poor, because he hath violently taken away a house which he builded not. Surely he shall not feel quietness in his belly. He shall not save of that which he desired. By the way, Please note, he's talking about the wicked and what the, and what the wicked do. They oppress and they forsake the poor. And they take away things, they take things that, that they didn't build, right? Like, the wicked tend to get rich through extortion, through theft, through those sort of things. It might seem subtle. This is kind of like you see politicians go into, uh, they get elected, and I put that in quotations, and they have a salary of like 80 grand or $100,000, and they walk out after 20 years in Congress being millionaires tens and 20 times over. They, they'll, they'll end their career with $70 million worth of wealth. How is that possible? Oh, it's, through, it's through wickedness, through evil, through theft, through taking advantage of the poor, through pretending like you care about the poor, but really you're stealing from them and oppressing them. Verse 21. 
There shall none of his meat be left. Therefore shall no man look for his goods. In the fullness of his sufficiency he shall be in straits. Every hand of the wicked shall come upon him. When he is about to fill his belly, God shall cast the fury of his wrath upon him, and shall rain it upon him while he is eating. He shall flee from the iron weapon, and the bow of steel shall strike him through. It is drawn and cometh out of the body, yea, the glittering sword cometh out of his gall, terrors are upon him. All darkness shall be hid in his secret place. A fire not blown shall consume him. It shall go ill with him that is left in his tabernacle. The heaven shall reveal his iniquity, and the earth shall rise up against him. The increase of his house shall depart, and his goods shall flow away in the day of his wrath. This is the portion of a wicked man from God, and the heritage appointed unto him by God. To which I would respond to Zophar with, Amen, that's true, but it's not true about Job. <laughs> that's the whole issue, right? I mean, I agree with everything that Zophar said here. If it was just a proverb. Alright. So now we're going to look at Job's answer here. In chapter 21, his response to Zophar. And Zophar did this whole exhortation about how the, how the wicked and how God relates to the wicked... Job's going to kind of flip it on his head and talk about the prosperity of the wicked and how, while this is generally true, it's not always true. So let's have a look here. Chapter 21, verse 1, here's Job's response. But Job answered and said, Hear diligently my speech, and let this be your consolations. Suffer me that I may speak, and after that I have spoken, mock on. Please note, that's just an interesting phrase, isn't it? He's like, let me speak, and then after I'm done talking, you can carry on with your mocking. Right? Suffer me that I may speak, and after that, after I have spoken, mock on. Verse 4, as for me, is my complaint to man? And if it were so, why should not my spirit be troubled? Mark me and be astonished, and lay your hand upon your mouth. Even when I remember I am afraid and trembling taketh hold of my flesh. Wherefore do the wicked live, become old, yea, and are mighty in power? Their seed is established in their sight with them, and their offspring before their eyes. Their houses are safe from fear, neither is the rod of God upon them. Their bull gandereth and faileth not, their cow and calf and casteth not her calf. They send forth their little ones like a flock, and their children dance. They take the timbrel and harp and rejoice in the sound of an organ. They spend their days in wealth, and in a moment go down to the grave. Therefore they say unto God, Depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. What is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what profit shall we have if we pray unto him? Lo, their good is not in their hand. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. How oft is the candle of the wicked put out, and how oft cometh their destruction upon them? God distributeth sorrows in his anger. 
All right, so real quick, so Job's starting to Job starts out by saying, I mean, he's he's saying some things that kind of agree with so far here now, but in the beginning, he's saying, hey, sometimes they just get away with it, right? He's like, sometimes they I mean their house is safe from fear. It seems that the rod of God is not even upon them. In verse nine, they're they're they just continue to prosper. They send out their kids, and their kids dance and are happy and. They spend their days in wealth, Job says. And then in a moment, they go down to the grave. So yeah, they perish. And yes, it's true what Zophar is saying, that um, their triumphing is short. But sometimes they spend some time getting away with, with evil. And they just prosper, and they get to live happy lives, and they don't have any fear. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 15, Solomon says this, all things I have seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. In other words, sometimes the good, the righteous die young, and the wicked just grow old in their wickedness, and they just get away with it until they're 90 years old. But then they die. And that righteous man goes on to live all eternity with God and in bliss and endless grace, mercy, love, while the wicked go into eternal damnation, eternal destruction. Therefore they say unto God, I'm going back to verse 14, Depart from us, we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. What is the Almighty that we should serve Him? And what profit should we have if we pray unto Him? Lo, their God is not in their hand. Their counsel of the wicked is far from me. How oft is the candle of the wicked put out? And how oft come in their destruction upon them? God distributeth sorrows in His anger. They are stubble before the wind, and chaff at the storm carrieth it away. God layeth up his iniquity for his children. He rewardeth him and shall know it. And he shall know it. His eyes shall see the destruction. He shall drink of the wrath of the Almighty. For what pleasure hath he in his house after him when the number of his months is cut off in the mist? Shall any teach God knowledge, seeing he judges those that are, that are high? One drieth in his full strength, being holy at ease and quiet. His breasts are full of milk, and his bones are moistened with marrow. And another dieth in the bitterness of soul, and never eateth with pleasure. They shall lie down alike in the dust, and the worms shall cover them. Behold, I know your thoughts, and the devices which ye wrongfully imagine against me. For you say, Where is the house of the prince, and where are the dwelling places of the wicked? Have ye not asked them to go by the way? And do ye not know their tokens, that the wicked is reserved to the day of destruction? They shall be brought forth to the day of wrath. Who shall declare his way to his face, and who shall repay him? For what he hath done. Yet shall he be brought to the grave, and shall remain in the tomb. The clods of the valley shall be sweet unto him, and every man shall draw after him as they are innumerable before him. 
How then comfort ye me in vain, seeing in your answer there remaineth falsehood? And that's the end of Job's response. Job says, you know what? The wicked are reserved for the day of judgment. Like that, that end is coming. And then he's, he comes back at Zophar and he's like, you, how do you, how can you comfort me with this worthlessness? Seeing that your response to me is false. Like you're lumping me in with the wicked and everything you're saying is not true. Furthermore, it's maybe generally true, but sometimes the wicked grow old. Sometimes they get away with with a lot. Sometimes their children get to sing and dance in the streets, and they get to live in complete wealth and with riches. But their end is coming. They will be destroyed. They will answer to God. They will be reserved for the day of destruction and brought forth to the day of wrath, as verse 30 says. Well, there you have it, my friends. That is our study in the book of Job for this morning. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you've been blessed, strengthened, encouraged, and that you're drawing closer to God as a result of this work. Thank you for listening and praying. Thank you to those of you who support this mission and make it possible week after week, month after month. If you're being blessed by this, please consider supporting it by going to scriptureandprophecy.com or there's links in the YouTube video if you're watching it on YouTube. Thanks for listening, my friends. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.